We had five questions for the LA Kings when the season came to an end. Have some of those questions already been answered? That's next in this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you are a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. Not long after the season ended, I did a show called Five Off-Season Questions for the L.A. Kings. Now that the Kings have had multiple trades and some off-season signings, I thought it might be a good time to revisit those five questions and see if they've been already answered at this point. So, question number five was, who will be the Kings' number one goalie? You might remember this was my number one question for the Kings going into last season. Unfortunately, this question still remains despite two different goalies from the start of last season. Now this question hasn't completely been answered, but it certainly has been clarified a bit. In the original episode, uh, we still didn't know if the Kings were going to try and bring back Jonas Corposalo, who was an unrestricted free agent. We didn't know if the Kings were going to try and stick with Cal Peterson and see if they could resurrect his career. The Kings had signed Phoenix Copley to a one-year deal to either compete for the number one job or be the backup to whoever the Kings might bring in. As I said, things have been clarified at this point. Corpusalo was not brought back. Peterson was traded to Philadelphia. And Cam Talbot and David Riddich have been brought in. So the answer to the question, who will be the Kings' number one goalie, hasn't been completely answered. But it looks like we at least know the two goalies that are going to be in the running for the job. Phoenix Copley, who did such a great job last season, coming in out of nowhere and really saving the Kings season. And Cam Talbot, a veteran goalie who certainly has been around, has seen some good days and some bad days over the recent couple of years, looking to join a good team and kind of resurrect his career. Both guys are playing on one-year deals, so both of them looking to prove it, either to the LA Kings or to other organizations out there that could sign them after this season. Now, again, it's been clarified, but we still don't know. Is it going to be Phoenix Copley? Is it going to be Cam Talbot? Is it going to be a combination of the two? Are we going to see a rotation in net? Is it going to be whoever the hot guy is going one week or one game to the next? That remains to be seen. Um, But the question is, with these two goalies, are they good enough to get the Kings where they want to be? Well, where do the Kings want to be? Ultimately, of course, They want to be Stanley Cup champions. Uh, I think for this season in particular, at the very least, they want to have success in the playoffs, and that is at least winning a first-round matchup. Are Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley good enough to get the Kings out of the first round? I think they are. Are they good enough to win a Stanley Cup for the LA Kings? I think if you're honest about it, you would have to say it's unlikely. But then again, if I told you before last season, Aiden Hill would backstop the Vegas Golden Knights to a Stanley Cup title, I think you would say that's extremely unlikely, especially since he was 
not even a starting goalie when he was with the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights acquired him during the season as some goalie depth ended up getting the job done for obviously a very good team in front of him. So again, the question, who will be the Kings number one goalie still to be determined, but it certainly looks like we know it'll either be Phoenix Copley or Cam Talbot, or maybe both of them sharing the responsibilities in net. Question number four, which, if any, young players will make an impact next season? This is a question that can't be answered now, obviously. Uh, it will not be answered until we get into the season, and most likely we won't have a really good answer to this question until we get at the end or towards the end of the season. But I think there are four pretty good candidates as far as young players for the LA Kings who could make a big impact this coming season. The first candidate is the obvious one, and that's defenseman Brant Clark, 20 years old, coming off an amazing half season of junior hockey. Uh, he did get a taste of pro hockey last season with the Kings, nine games with the Ontario Reign, five games. And we don't know for a fact that he's going to make the team at the start of the season, being the starting lineup on opening night. I'm willing to bet he will be, but again, that remains to be seen. Uh, it would be a major surprise if he doesn't get a chance to play and contribute at the NHL level this coming season and likely sooner rather than later. Uh, he's going to be on that right side, we think, on the third pairing. Uh, quarterback in the second power play unit, I think, is a definite possibility for him. Uh, he'll be tasked with basically replacing Sean Dersey. Uh, Dersey had nine goals and 38 points last year for the Kings. Now, if... Uh, Brant Clark plays 72 games at the NHL level like Sean Dersey did. I feel pretty confident that he can get close to those numbers. And if he does, he'll likely be in the running for rookie of the year for the Calder Trophy. Um, this past season, rookie defenseman Owen Power of the Buffalo Sabres had four goals and 35 points. So similar to the numbers that Sean Dersey put up. And he ended up being second place in the Calder Trophy voting for rookie of the year to Matty Beneers of Seattle. So uh, Brent Clark, I think, uh, is going to get uh, most of the games on the third pairing on the right side. I think he's going to start the season with the Kings. That's obviously an opinion. That's not a fact. And again, I think if he gets uh, a, a full season, I really believe he can put up numbers similar to Sean Dersey, but we shall see. The second candidate is forward Arthur Kaliev, 22 years old. I think this season could be his Gabe Velarde season. Remember, Velarde was also 22 going into last season, had yet to really show he could be a legit NHL performer um, before he, of course, had a breakout season, scoring his first 20-goal season of his career. Arthur Kaliev has played more games at this point of his career than Gabe Velarde did, 137 games with the LA Kings. Uh, he really has yet, though, to hit his stride. I think this year he should be given an opportunity to try and have that happen. Uh, he was on track last year to have a career year in goals and points before injuries slowed him down at the end of the season. He did finish with 13 goals in 56 games. If he can get around 80 games this season, uh, get solid minutes on that third line, get set up, up at the right point on that second power play unit, let that big shot go that we know he has, I think he could definitely be close to Gabe Velarde's 23 goals from a season ago, and that would obviously be huge for the Kings to fill the shoes of Gabe Velarde. The third candidate is forward Quinton Byfield. Still just 20 years old, I think the Kings are still encouraged by Byfield's progress, if most Kings fans aren't. Uh, he appeared in a career-high 53 games last season, got some solid time on the number one line with Kopitar and Kempe. Now, there's no doubt 
that Kopitar and Kempe and that top line had its best moments last season after Quinton Byfield joined them. Still, when you are the second overall pick in the draft, you're expected to be more than just a four checker, which is basically what he was last season. Um, he did start the play. He was able to keep the puck in the zone at times, but he needs to add some production to his game. He had a very modest three goals and 22 points last season. Now that was in 53 games. If he can get close to 80 games for a full season playing on that top line, he shouldn't have any trouble getting career highs in goals and points. Now that might necessarily not be saying much because he hasn't had a ton of goals and points in his career, but Quentin Byfield at some point needs to give us glimpses of what he can do by putting up numbers, by getting goals and assists and points. And hopefully he'll have a chance to do that and we'll see some progress this season. And finally, the fourth player, the fourth candidate for me as a young player that could have an impact on the Kings this year is defenseman Jordan Spence, 22 years old with the departure of Sean Dursey. He could get his chance at the start of the season if the Kings feel like Brant Clark would benefit from a little more time in the AHL rather than start the season in the NHL. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, Spence could finally get a chance to show what he can do. He has 30 career NHL games. Uh, he's always looked very comfortable in his limited time at the NHL level. Uh, he's not as talented as Brant Clark, but he's not that far off either. And he does have a bit more seasoning at the pro level. Uh, he is an offensive defenseman like Brant Clark. He does skate well. He does shoot the puck well. He can quarterback a second power play unit like Brant Clark can. So there are a lot of things that are um, positive uh, and things to like when it comes to Jordan Spence. So uh, whether there is an issue with Brant Clark, what the Kings want to decide to do, do they want to be a bit patient? If that's the case, then maybe Brent, uh, maybe Jordan Spence can get his chance early in the year. Uh, if not, he could at least be the seventh defenseman on the roster and certainly provide them some depth. If anybody gets injured, he could slide in there uh, and fill a role pretty capably. So again, those are four young players for the LA Kings to look forward to this season. I feel pretty positive, frankly, about all of them. I really think Brant Clark is going to be a difference maker. He's going to be a special player. It may not be his first year, but again, I really do think if he gets the minutes and he gets the, the games that he can fill the production of the departed Sean Dursey. I think Arthur Kaliev, if he can get the time and the minutes, I think he can fill the production of the departed Gabe Velarde. Quentin Byfield, still not as uh, confident as I am with Clark uh, and with Kaliev that he can get the job done as far as the numbers. But again, he did get a lot of key minutes last year. He did make that number one unit better when he was on it, uh, even though he wasn't putting up the numbers. And Jordan Spence is a guy, I've always had a bit of a crush on him. Uh, I really like his game. It's just unfortunate for him. He's kind of in a situation where there may not be room for him. But I do think he has the talent. I do think, again, he does provide the Kings some depth on the blue line, which could be very important if there are those injuries. We have three more offseason questions to look into and see how they've been answered or not to this point. That's on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. This episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, 
costs you less than $3 a day, and it's just one scoop and a cup of water. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, question number three as far as our off-season questions for the LA Kings, which, if any, of the two Kings uh, trade deadline pickups would be back with the Kings next season. And at the time, I got to be honest, I wasn't all that optimistic that either defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov or goalie Jonas Korpisala would be back. We now know that the Kings were able to resign Gavrikov after trading away Cal Peterson and Sean Walker. This was a huge signing for the Kings. And having Gavrikov for a full season should make the Kings' defense better than it was a year ago. I think with Gavrikov, uh, the Kings' top two pairings are very solid and reliable with Drew Doughty and Mikey Anderson on the top pairing and Vladislav Gavrikov and Matt Roy on the second pairing. So if you gave me my choice of which player I thought would be more important for the Kings overall to bring back, even though the goaltending position is obviously very important, I thought getting that solid number two left shot defenseman was going to be a priority. I am very, very happy to see Vladislav Gavrikov back with the LA Kings. I thought he fit in very, very well with the team uh, last year. I think he's a great combination uh, of the defenseman with Matt Roy on that second pairing. And I really think with him, a full season of him, uh, it's going to really help the Kings defense for next season. Uh, Question number two was, how will the Kings fix their penalty kill? And this is one of those questions that we're not going to really know the answer to until deep into the season. Now, the Kings were ranked 24th in the NHL out of 32 teams, killing penalties last season. GM Rob Blake called the PK out during the season. Head coach Todd McClellan said improving the penalty kill was the team's summer project after the season. Now, unlike how the Kings fixed their power play problems going into last season by bringing in a new assistant coach, Jim Hiller, who did such a great job, LA decided to stick with assistant coach Trent Yanni, who runs the penalty kill. I am assuming Todd McClellan will also have a big say in how the Kings attack uh, the other team's power plays for next season. Uh, Having Vladislav Gavrikov the entire season again is going to help the Kings Kings defensively, and he kills penalties, so that should help as well. I do like the, the Kings went out and brought in former Stanley Cup winner Trevor Lewis, who was with the Kings, who kills penalties as well. That should help. He's a wily old veteran who knows how to get into shooting lanes and passing lanes and block shots. Um, So as far as the rest of the group, uh, you know, a lot of questions were asked after the season in those exit interviews that we've talked about a lot this year. uh, How do you improve the penalty kill for next year? And a lot of the players said one thing repeatedly, and that was that they were too passive on the penalty kill. Uh, so that we'll, we'll see if that is an area that they address trying to take away that time and space, trying to make it, uh, not giving other players, opposing players quite as much comfort and time to make a decision and to make that right pass. Maybe for a one timer, putting it right on the tape, things like that, being a little bit more aggressive. It does kind of sound almost like an oxymoron though, because if you're overly aggressive on the penalty kill, that can also lead to better scoring opportunities for the other team if you don't use that aggressiveness the correct way. So there's certainly a delicate balance there. Uh, you got to have guys who know how to make good decisions. I think Trevor Lewis is certainly a guy who knows that. I think Vladislav Gavrikov is a guy that knows that as well. 
So again, this question for the LA Kings, how are they going to fix the penalty kill? That remains to be seen. I do like Vladislav Gavrikov for a full season on the PK. Trevor Lewis, the addition is good as well. But again, we're not going to really know from a strategic standpoint, uh, from a personnel standpoint, exactly how the Kings are going to fix that penalty kill. So that will be a question that will linger and resume into the coming season. The number one question I had for the Kings in the offseason was what trades would they make during the offseason? And uh, I think I might have said, what trade will they make? It should have been, what trades will they make? Because uh, obviously, there were multiple trades made by the LA Kings. And at the time, I thought some of the names of players that could be moved out were Sean Dursey, Alex Iafalo, Arthur Kaliev, Jordan Spence, Cal Peterson. Now, on June the 6th, the Kings were part of a three-player, excuse me, a three-team trade with the Flyers and Blue Jackets, they shipped out Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, defensive prospect Helga Granz, who was a second-round pick in 2020 and a second-round pick in 2024. L.A. also got back likely AHL players, defenseman Kevin Connaughton and forward Hayden Hodgson. Plus, they did have to retain 30% of defenseman Ivan Provorov's salary, who the Flyers dealt to the Blue Jackets in part of that three-team deal. Now, that did clear the cap space to be able to re-sign Vladislav Gavrikov, Walker and Grands were expendable on the right side as defensemen because of the depth in the Kings organization. We talked about Brant Clark. We talked about Jordan Spence. Uh, we talked about Sean Dursey, and he, in fact, was traded as well on June the 24th, shipped out to the Arizona Coyotes for a second-round pick in 2024. Again, Dursey also expendable because of Brant Clark, because of Jordan Spence being able to come in and fill his skates uh, and and the Kings needed to clear out the cap space to re-sign Gavrikov. So I thought that was definitely a solid move. Uh, then on June 27th, the Kings' biggest trade of the offseason, uh, they shipped off that 2024 second-round pick they got with Phoenix uh, from Phoenix, along with Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and Rasmus Kupari to the Winnipeg Jets for center Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now, the Jersey deal made too much sense, and there was absolutely zero surprise there. The deal to ship out Cal Peterson to clear cap space was, I thought, a brilliant move by Rob Blake. Yes, Rob Blake was having to clean up his own mess that he made by signing Cal Peterson to that contract to begin with, but still good job by erasing a clear blemish on his resume by making that move and turning it into something positive and re-signing Vladislav Gavrikov. As far as the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, now it is a very interesting move, I think, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a very good player. I think he will have a positive impact on the team. The question, though, is not is he a good player, not will he help the Kings. The question is, was that the right move in light of what the Kings have in net? Would the Kings have been better off to go out and sign a proven, legitimate number one goalie, not just for now, but in the future as well? That's going to be the number one question going into the season for me, when we do this again at the start of the next season, how is this trade going to work out? Is this the right move? Will the Kings be able to have the success with the two veteran goalies, neither who is a standout number one impact goalie, but two guys who are good enough that you think you can get by with while providing this, the, the depth at center down the middle to make the Kings stronger uh, offensively. Was that the right move to get the LA Kings where, where they want to go? Again, I think that is the number one question we'll have going into the season, and it'll be the number one question that we need to have answered 
after the season is over. So there was a look at the five questions that we had for the Kings, the off season, how some of them have been answered at this point and how some of them will still need to be answered once we get into the season. Let's take a closer look at a player that we talked about a bit on this show, and that's next on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. This episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by Bird Dogs. What are Bird Dogs, you ask? Well, Bird Dogs are shorts with the underwear built in. They call it a liner. I call it underwear. But you may ask yourself, why would anyone want to wear that? Uh, The answer is pretty easy because they are super comfortable and look great. Honestly, how often does something look good and feel really good as well? It is the perfect combination. Not only uh, do bird dogs look good and feel good, but you can wear them pretty much in any situation. Uh, They look nice enough to wear out to a nice dinner. Uh, Also feel good enough for you to be able to do things like even work out in them. And once you try them, you're going to wonder why you had never heard of this idea before. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you do enter the promo code locked on NHL, and they will throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, that is birddogs.com B I R D D O G S.com. Enter the promo code locked on NHL for your free gift. All right, I wanted to uh, take some time to do a Kings player spotlight and talk a little bit about a player that we mentioned just a little bit ago, and that would be defenseman Jordan Spence. He's 22 years old, born in Sydney, Australia, on February 24th of 2001. Uh, He is the first Australian-born player to ever play in the NHL. Now, hopefully, he gets a chance to return with the LA Kings to the country of his birth and play in one of those two preseason games the Kings are going to play against the Coyotes in Melbourne, Australia, on September 22nd and 23rd. If he doesn't get that opportunity, uh, that is going to be a – that's going to really bother me. I mean, he's got to be – they've got to take him and let him play in those games. It's such a it's such a great PR opportunity. It's something that can help uh, grow the game in Australia. The Australian media is absolutely going to have a field day interviewing him putting the spotlight on him and talk about, again, the only Australian-born player ever to play in the NHL. Now, his father, Jordan Spence's father, is Canadian. His mother's Japanese, and he was actually raised in Osaka, Japan. He lived there from age 5 to 13. Uh, he then moved to Canada. He is a dual citizen of Canada and Japan, speaks English, French, and Japanese. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick of the Kings back in 2019. His rookie year... He ended up playing 24 games for the Kings in the 2021-24 season due to injuries on the blue line. Uh, And despite that, it's pretty impressive for a fourth-round pick in his rookie year to get to play some NHL games. Uh, 30 career NHL games in all, uh, six last season. He's got a total of four goals and 45 points. Now, he grew up playing forward, and that has certainly helped him as far as being a very dangerous offensive defenseman. Uh, once he switched to defense, he certainly still had those offensive skills. Uh, good skater, good puck mover, good shot, good hands. Um, most of all, most importantly, makes good decisions uh, and has really worked hard on being a reliable player in his own end. He knew he had the offensive skills because of how he grew up playing forward, but the defensive side of things is something he's really had to work on, and it really is a credit to him as far as his work ethic and the time he's put in to be a very responsible defensive player in his limited NHL time 
I think he has not looked out of place at all when you've seen him on the ice. Uh, he knows when to be aggressive. Uh, he has the offensive abilities that he never seems to force the play. Um, he's been a quarterback on a number one power play unit in the AHL with the Ontario Reign. Uh, I think with some more experience, he could do that job very capably at the NHL level on that number two power play unit if he's called upon the role that Sean Dursey played with the LA Kings last season. But the question is, will he get that opportunity? With Dursey and Sean Walker, both right side defensemen gone, it does help to open up an opportunity for Spence. But of course, there is Brant Clark, uh, who is also ready to come in and get NHL minutes in the very near future. So despite his talent, it's a bit of a numbers game for Jordan Spence. Now, he still could get an opportunity. Maybe he starts the year in the NHL if the Kings feel like Brant Clark needs some more professional experience. Maybe they start him off in the AHL. But eventually, uh, it's not going to be long before Brant Clark is patrolling the blue line with the LA Kings on that right side, likely on the third pairing. Now, maybe Spence can get a chance to be the seventh defenseman once Brant Clark does become a full-time NHL player. As for what the options are for Spence um, going forward, uh, well, Matt Roy is an unrestricted free agent after this season, and he is a very good player. I think the Kings are definitely going to try and resign him, but uh, we've always talked about it. There's only so many slices of the pie that can go around, and Jordan Spence does give the Kings the, you know, the possibility that if they can't resign Matt Roy, or even if they ended up trading him before the deadline, if they feel like he's going to walk and not get something in return for him, that Jordan Spence could move in and fill one of those spots on the right side. Brant Clark could move up to the second pairing and Spence could move into the third pairing. I don't think that's going to happen. I really do think the Kings are going to do everything they can to try and re-sign Matt Roy, but we'll see if the money is available. That remains to be seen. But again, Jordan Spence does give the Kings some options. If that worst case scenario happens, if they can't re-sign Matt Roy and he goes elsewhere, then they do have the option of moving into Brant Clark on that second pairing, moving in Jordan Spence on the third pairing. Now, they would be two very young guys. Um, you know, they would have to grow up in a hurry. Um, but it does, it is an option uh, at some point. But I will say, you know, the Kings had a uh, a, a real dearth of uh, right shot defensemen at one point, but that really has dried up with the trade of Sean Dursey. Remember the trade of uh, prospect Brock Faber, who's going to be an NHL player. Helga Grands traded away as well. That depth is pretty much gone. Jordan Spence is the one guy that ha ha is the right-handed shot, young, up-and-coming, that gives them a little bit of option, gives them a little bit of depth. But after him, the cupboard is pretty much bare at that point. So all those great right-shot uh, prospects we had and young players we had, uh, they've been moved out for other reasons to make the Kings better in other areas. And now it's, uh, it's pretty much Brant Clark and Jordan Spence, and we know at least one of them is going to play at the NHL level this year. And maybe they're both on the NHL roster uh, again with, with Jordan Spence, maybe starting the year in the NHL and then maybe dropping back into that seventh defenseman role uh, remains to be seen. But I've always been, like I said, I've always been a fan of Jordan Spence. I've always liked his game. I've always thought he was mature beyond his years with the way he carried himself on the ice. Some guys, when you watch them play, you just, you can just tell, right. That they've got it. Right. Uh, and I, I, the eye test for me, and I'm no expert, but just, again, watching him play, uh, you can see the talent. You can see the confidence. Uh, he's a guy that you you feel 
is going to make the right play. And clearly he does have some offensive talent, which is always great to see uh, back on that blue line. And not, not, not something we haven't had a ton of, frankly. That's why I think a lot of people are so excited about Brant Clark. And I think Jordan Spence uh, should be in that conversation as well. All right. Hope you enjoyed that look at the five offseason questions for the Kings and a little bit of an inside look at Kings defenseman Jordan Spence. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to have our weekly LA Kings fan feedback show. It is not too late to get in an email, but you need to do it now. Locked on Eddie at gmail.com. E-D-D-I-E, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. Get your questions and comments on anything we've talked about from the past week. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, just leave your comments down below. I read all of them and certainly pick out some of the more interesting ones to use in our feedback show. If you just type a sentence, which is totally fine, um, I may not pick those out because it's so brief, but I appreciate any comments you guys leave. I don't care how long or how short they are. Uh, it is appreciated and it actually helps the YouTube channel to get recognized as well. The more comments that we get also would love you to stay interactive with the show by following us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of locked on LA Kings, part of the locked on podcast network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.